0: to episode number nine of the Witchology podcast. I'm very excited to be back here with you this week. Uh, Thank you again for sharing and spending this time with me. It is always very nice. I love to see you every Thursday. Um, Sorry if you can hear any like snuffly snoring. I don't know if you can hear that. (laughs) Beans is uh, asleep behind me on the chair so um, he is again like last week um, interfering in our time Uh, (laughs) but we don't mind. He's cute so it's fine. This week um is all centered around astrology and using your birth chart for mm-hmm. um to find your interior design style and to like inform your interior design choices. It's very exciting. Um I picked the brain of our very good friend and resident astrologer Anthony Perotta um who speaks so eloquently um about all of these things. Um I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna really enjoy it and get a lot out of it. I definitely did. Um, but before we get into that, I have a, well I say a book review, it's not a book review, it's a zine review, you know, but on this Witchology podcast we, are, you know, we can we can review lots of different things, different media, we've had books so far, um, maybe one day there'll be a movie review, who knows, um, but this week is a zine re- review, and this one is the Astro Edit. The Astro Edit is a magazine that explores the Zodiac seasons in depth with rituals, prompts, tarot spreads, recipes, art, design, and featured contributors. I don't know where to start with this. Um, Again, I feel like I say this every time. I definitely said it last week with um, a book. I think there must have been about three books so far (laughs) where all I've banged on about is how... It's the design. But do you know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm sorry. Not sorry. This magazine, zine, whatever you want to call it, Is absolutely beautiful um it's all designed by paula a lovely lovely lady called paula um who just makes my designer heart sing (laughs) the fonts are stunning uh all the images are so beautiful it's just laid out um uh, yeah i just i just love it from one magazine editor to another paula i love you so other than the design, you know, I'll stop banging on about it now. Um, <laughs> I will say that everything is just really eloquently put. You know, all the writing is all very um interesting. uh, so eloquent, very uh well, like fully knowledgeable. You know, it's not um, it's good for beginners, but it's not like beginner content if that makes sense. It, it's um, it's a you know accessible to everybody, but um, but you'll particularly enjoy it. If you have a, you know, slightly more than beginner knowledge, if that makes sense about all these different things. um, And yeah, I, this is a really short review because I just, I, I really enjoy it. And I think um any readers, like if you're a reader of the magazine as well, Witchology, um, then I definitely think you'll enjoy the Astro Edit as well. Um, There's lots of, there's not, there's no crossover between the two. Uh, so I don't know whether you're, you know, someone that likes you know, you read one thing and you like that one thing, um, or if you just like to immerse yourself in uh, lots of different content about the same themes and on the same topics, then then this is definitely the right route to go down because there's, it's just like extra, do you know what I mean? It's like, not extra as in like over the top, but <laughs> um, it's there's really a really good deep understanding and what am I trying to say, like deep uh, dive into all of these things in relation to the astrological season, you know, so it's really good for um, orientating yourself and delving into those things a bit differently, you know, and engaging with recipes and tarot spreads from that astrological perspective, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, love it. I'd give it five stars on the zine scale. My guest this week is Anthony Parotta. He is our resident astrologer at Witchology, and we love him very much. Uh, Anthony is an astrologer, artist, poet, designer, and curator. He spends his time running his astrological business, where he specializes in making the abstract feel more tangible. He has a background in fashion and interior design, and has spent years bridging that gap between his passions. Because astrology is at the heart of everything he does, he has created intersections of art, design, and poetry with astrology. So hello, Anthony, thank you for being here.
1: Hello, hi, I'm so excited to be here. And I just adore you.
0: Oh, thank you. We love <laughs> having you here. We love having you as part of Witchology. Um, so thinking about those, those intersections that you do create <laughs> between art, design, poetry, and astrology, that is one specific one that we're going to talk about today. Anthony is here. With us listeners to talk about how to infuse astrology into interior design
1: yes i know it's it's always interesting so um without going too far into it right away right the idea here is to me if your chart is an innate part of who you are right and it kind of is a a map to you is how i view it it's the story of you then why couldn't you use it in other areas of your life right? Mm
0: -hmm. And how do
1: you tell your story? Mm -hmm. To me, your story can be told physically, right? So a good example of this is Astro House, which is sort of this brand or this idea that I've created around infusing astrology and interior design together, and how your space is a reflection of you. So it's the internal externalized.
0: Mm. Yeah, wow, I love that as a concept. Um, Because astrology isn't something that I I'm not fully aware, you know, I've been making an effort to understand a bit more. Um, The first one was the birth chart reading that you gave me a couple of years ago. Amazing. Um, Fully recommend birth chart reading from Anthony. (laughs) Um, And since then, I've been trying to explore more and more of it because it's so interesting. And this, I think, yeah, that kind of internal externalized is a really interesting concept because I think, I know for myself especially, um, our physical space can have such a huge impact on our mental health, can't it?
1: oh 1000% and mental emotional physical spiritual health right mm-hmm. so to me i always i love my house i like home in general right i find so much safety in just being home kind of an introvert in that way which i think surprises people when they meet me because i kind of project very extroverted um so to have a space that feels balanced or harmonious or welcoming makes me feel safe to be able to come back out into the world in some capacity right it's like a space to incubate yourself so what better way to make that incubation than to utilize your chart right, as an expression of that. And so like when we look at Astro House or kind of using your chart, there's multiple different layers and methods to this kind of idea. And I usually start with understanding what chart we're gonna use when we're thinking about okay. a space, right? Mm-hmm. I know that's interesting, right?
0: Yeah. So
1: you can either use the chart of your space itself or your personal oh. chart.
0: I didn't even think about that. Oh wow What's right. like so my house was built in 1866. I don't know exactly the date though but but could right. it be something like that?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So like for people who build their homes like who are able to do that, who have that luxury, you can use the di- like the finish date as like your charts wow. as your home's chart. but if you're like us and your home is like 100 plus years old because my house is hundred years old um, I can look at possibly the year. For some inspiration because there are certain things that don't really change within the year there are certain things that will change on the day and the hour so be careful there or I usually tell people use your move-in date because that's how you integrate into that house not necessarily the expression of the house overall
0: right yeah and it's the energy that you're bringing into it or like the uh like temperature gauge I suppose
1: mm-hmm. yeah So like I usually tell people, okay, so if you are mapping your home or charting out the space, right? So if you want to use your home's chart, use your move and date. It's the easiest thing you have. And like you said, it is you coming into it. So it's your kind of your expression of that. Alternatively, because I believe, and I moved a lot as a kid and just kind of throughout my life, because I believe home is wherever you are in the moment, using your personal chart is a great way to possibly even infuse more of your personality into the space so you can look at both or yes and you, you can look at you know either or, or both it works either way
0: mm, wow I did you know what I didn't even think about that that's so interesting and I quite like the idea of because you know a lot of especially you think about witchcraft a lot of um what we talk about is is getting to know the land and getting to know our own space and that our relationships with it and it that doesn't stop with the home does it so I think this is a really interesting way of exploring that and how you might bring the essence of your home into I don't know into your own space and your own understanding of it I suppose.
1: Right you know it's interesting because so on my Patreon and in certain other avenues that I've created when I talk about Astro House I try to infuse tarot somehow into the space as well and so I use tarot though more less about how do I express myself in the space and more on how do I communicate with the space. So we talk about spirits, right? Or like the energy that lives in the home. Our Every house, right? The walls live, they breathe. They are an expression of something, of, of their past histories. They hold impressions. So by using tarot to communicate with your home, you get a better understanding of what the home needs from you as its kind of steward, right? Yeah. But from, from a personal perspective, when we think about like charting out you into your space, there are several things that I would say we might want to like focus on. Right. So the first thing I do is once I figure out which chart we're going to use, or maybe it's both, who knows, but let's say it's your personal chart. I will overlay that chart onto the floor plan, meaning that whatever your floor plan looks like, I just cut it into 12, right? Because there's 12 houses Mm -hmm. in your chart. And then what I'll do is the middle of the chart, the middle of the space will always be what I call angular houses. So the angular houses are your first, fourth, seventh, and 10th. For those of you who are not familiar with astrology, and then on either side, the left or the right, will be um, the cadent houses or the succeeding houses, which are uh, succeeding is like your five, eight, eleven, two, and then three, six, nine, twelve will be your cadent houses. And so what I do is I start to map out like where certain parts of your life kind of manifest in your space. And if you don't want to do this in your home overall you can minimize this and make it into like a room, Mm.
0: right? Mm -hmm. Wow. So
1: because I believe that our space has an effect on how we live our lives, if you are trying to welcome in maybe a relationship into your life, maybe you want to focus on where the seventh house section of your home is and amplify that, right? And there are some basic um, principles that you may want to take into consideration, like Some of this may even be in like feng shui. So typically they say, if you want to welcome in a relationship, do you have one nightstand or two, right? And then it's like, oh, maybe you need the second one to welcome someone in. But from my perspective, from an astrological perspective, I would take a look at who rules your seventh house. So what's your rising sign? Leo. Okay, so Aquarius rules your seventh house, Mm -hmm. which is an air sign and it's fixed. So two qualities I would look at there. One, I would focus on the element Let's say you were single and you were looking to bring someone in. Or maybe you just want to have a deeper commitment to your husband. How about that? (laughs) Because you're already married, right? Yeah. So wherever the seventh house section of your chart happens to be, I would say, okay, well, if Aquarius is part of that and air is part of that, that means we want to open the flow of communication in that seventh house space, because that's really important in your relationship, right? So I would say, can you create a space where the two of you can have dialogue in that area of your home? Let's say it's the living room do we have two chairs facing each other without a distraction of television, right? Or without a distraction of something. Or can we invite a space where you entertain because Aquarius is very group-centered. So like, who else are you bringing into your home, right? To help flourish that partnership and that relationship. Because it's fixed. One thing I would say is you might want to have something that's more um, stationary and less modular. So like, if it is two chairs, don't put them on wheels, right? Simple as that. And maybe you anchor the space with a rug to kind of say like, this is a de- designated space where you and your husband come together to chat and enjoy time together.
0: Mm, yeah, Does that like make it. sense? Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm really interested to see like, I wonder where, where that is, because it, I wonder if there's a connection with like spaces that you automatically resonate with um, in your home and like whether, like, cause there are always places that you kind of get drawn to. There might be more places that um, me and my husband get drawn to, speaking together, and I wonder how that aligns.
1: (laughs) Right, well, so typically the way that like I orient um, the mapping is like when you first walk into your home, you're gonna be walking into the identity. So like your first house, right? Because that's like your first initial impression of the home. And then from there, it starts to flow backward. So then you you would have the second kind of quadrant in that middle section would be your fourth house, which is like where you find home, family, safety. Right because it kind of becomes like the middle of your space generally, mm-hmm. right? The seventh house is after that, so it would be like you're looking at the two middle sections of your home, and then the last section is career okay, so do you find yourself kind of pivot like kind of staying in like the central part of your house?
0: yeah, so we uh so our, our house is a it's not two up two down because there are three rooms upstairs now, but it used to be two up two down a Victorian terrace house, so we've got um. So we were walking straight into the living room. And then there's the dining room, and then it's the kitchen as like a as a, an extension that was built in the 70s. And that is usually where we, we end up talking <laughs> because we have we cook together in there, and that's when we kind of like download our days to each other. And that's when we yeah, how interesting and, is that? <laughs> and
1: that's your seventh house section. So I was talking about a place where you guys can feel like you're sharing and having conversation and flow. The mm-hmm. other interesting thing is that air as an element, you might want to welcome in possibly some metal accents. So that would make sense because kitchen generally has metal accents, mm-hmm. right? From like that sort of perspective as a way to like amplify the element overall
0: mm. yeah oh how fascinating that's so interesting as well that it's kind of yeah like they like, like go hand in hand together like that
1: <laughs> right
0: yeah oh wow so how does it work with um different floors so
1: so you just yeah. map it up so whatever oh, okay. that yep so whatever you have on the first floor it matches on the on the second floor
0: Okay. Hmm. Yep.
1: And then um, you orient based on the door that you use most, in my opinion, or generally the front door. So whatever it is, that's your, that's how you're going to map it up. So you would map your chart right onto your space, which is important. And if you don't understand how to do that, that's okay. Right. Um, I can always provide a visual or something along those lines, or you can just kind of have a loose understanding of like, okay, when I first walk in, that's an expression of me. Then the next middle section is like where I find safety in home and family, then partnership, then career. And then they kind of branch out from there from the other parts of your chart. From a more simple perspective, if you don't want to do any of that, you can honestly look at just certain placements in your chart, because I think that that's very important as a form of expression of you. So the first place I would look would be your moon sign, right? It's your internal, emotional, instinctual self. It's where you find safety, right? And the moon has a special connection to home, to property, to property to this sense of incubation. So whatever your moon sign is maybe that's the first area of expression that we would have overall in a space, right? So your moon sign is in Aries. Aries. Ooh, so warm tones, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So there's like an element of fire that kind of needs to be welcomed into your space in some way in order for you to feel safe.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And um it's interesting Aries energy, I notice, is like a moon sign, tends to want some sort of dynamic energy in their home. So whether things have multi-use or multi-purpose or um, f- having free space, meaning like you can move things around or it's free of clutter would be really important, right? Yeah. And moon and Aries needs a lot of light. So wherever you are, like if you work a lot, I would orient yourself by a window so you can look out and have some freedom.
0: (laughs) Yep, I'm literally looking at, I can see uh, the river out the back there and see some little boats and some trees out there. So that's literally where I am right now.
1: (laughs) Well, and you know what's great is like the moon, because Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac, there's this sense of like, your space has to be kind of like this extension of you. You don't really have a choice, quite honestly. Um, And I always tell people like, if you have moon and Aries, It's like, what's, how can you be a little bit more bold in your design choices for yourself? Right? So there's like sometimes a risky behavior that can happen. And I totally welcome that for people. On the converse, I'm the exact opposite moon sign as you. I'm a Libra moon. So, so for me, I need a lot of balance and harmony in my space. And so like, elementally speaking, I'm always trying to balance things in my, in my space, like even right behind me, I think you can see on my altar, right? I have like candles, fire, I have greenery, earth, right? It's blue, water. And then we have like kind of this arched mirror and a lot of metal accents, which is all air. So I'm constantly trying to bring these pieces together to have a flow or a harmony. The other thing about Libra moons is that there's oftentimes like a symmetry that's really important. And it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be like exactly the same. Sometimes symmetry is asymmetry, but it's like whatever feels balanced to a Libra moon ultimately.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, that makes a lot of sense. So um, where are there kind of any fundamental, um, I don't know, elements to kind of think about? So obviously understanding your your own chart and um, mm-hmm. exploring the chart of your home as well. Um, is there anything... I don't know, because um, I don't really know a lot about astrology and I don't really know a lot yeah. about theory design. That's okay. <laughs> thinking,
1: so, there, thinking, so there what, are...
0: What, cheat, is there a cheat sheet?
1: <laughs> yeah. So there are basic design principles, right, that you can always go by. And I mean, you're a designer, right? So you'll probably know some of this, which is like point, line, shape, right? Form, texture, color, space. All designers tend to think in this way. And a lot of them kind of uh, overlap with each other, Right. Mm -hmm. So what this kind of means is like, from a visual perspective, like what's the horizon line that you're looking at? So when you're looking at your space, like where do you want your eyes to go, right? So composition is really important. Shape. So like what shapes are you attracted to, right? Overall, or what shapes are being created in a space? There's texture and color, which I think are extremely important. And you can glean those from your chart. So if you're very, if you look at your chart elementally, if you are very dominant in one element. Mm-hmm. You might want to play up on that color palette. Right. And I think we can kind of gain like if I say like what's an earth color palette versus a fire color palette, you probably have a good understanding in your brain what that looks like.
0: Yeah. Right? Are, yeah. Very deeply conditioned into that already.
1: <laughs> right. So then it's like, OK, then let's say you have a very earthy color palette. That would be like the first thing I would look at. Right. If I'm earth dominant. But let's say the weakest element in your chart is fire. Right. So secondary color palette would be the fire because you want to play on your strengths and then amplify the weakness, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? And that will help you kind of uh, work with your chart a little bit better as well because you'll feel safer dealing with whatever that element is versus not.
0: Mm.
1: And then from a texture perspective, right? I would again possibly look at either the elements or the modality of your chart because to me, texture is really important. So like earth element lots of texture, right? Lots of luxurious texture is really important. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe-
0: Taurus sun here, I know.
1: (laughs) Right. And you probably love soft things, right? And like things that feel very sensual in nature, that's very Taurus, it's very Venus energy in general, Mm -hmm. right? So like Libras would be very similar too, because there's lots of Venus there. Um, But let's say, you know, you have a lot of water and that texture for water. Like, what does that look like? Well, smooth surfaces, rounded surfaces, right? And sleek, like mirrors are very big for water energy because they kind of reflect liminal space or they reflect back to us just like water would. Mm. So there are some principles, but I always remind people too, when it comes to defining or creating a space for yourself, you have to follow your instinctual interests first, right? So what I tend to tell people would be, you know, where do you start? I would say, have a personal idea of what you like, right? Because I'm not going to tell you whether your style is more boho or Victorian or whatever. That's you, right? That's your personal taste and interest. Maybe identify a favorite object that you have in your house, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, right? Because there's a reason why you're attracted to it. Yeah. Or maybe multiple favorite objects. And you'll start to gain like this overarching idea of whatever it is. So maybe your favorite object is a certain vase that has texture. Well, why do you like that vase? Like, what does it do for you? Does it make you happy when you see it? It's the color, right? Things along those lines. Then I would also say, what's my favorite room in my house? Because that may also be an indication of the type of person you are. Like, I tend to, well, I love my office because it's the room that's finished in my house, because we're in the middle of renovating. Um, but I also like it because it feels it's small and intimate and I tend to be very attracted to small space. It's something I really enjoy because it makes me feel safe, but I would say like my second favorite room is probably a kitchen because I enjoy the nurturance. I'm a cancer rising, right? Mm -hmm. So I enjoy taking care of, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy those things because it's an expression of who I am. Mm -hmm. So I would identify like, what is your favorite room? And then build keywords off of that, right? Right. And then from there, we can identify with your chart and your interest and kind of create an amalgamation of what it is that makes your space uniquely you.
0: Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's a really good, a really solid place to start. And I think that might be some something, although. It's like okay, here's a cheat sheet we can get going with that. I think some people might find that actually quite difficult, um, mm-hmm. because it comes with a lot. And I talk, I swear, I talk about this in every single episode, so I am sorry. <laughs> it always comes back down to self awareness because I think it's such a huge thing and such a huge part of our own journeys. And like I think you've got to be really honest with it because it comes down with like fashion as well and your own personal style, mm-hmm. finding your personal style mm-hmm. and making sure that you are actually honest with yourself when it comes to that and not trying to fit yourself in a box. <laughs>
1: So I love that you bring personal style and fashion into this because I obviously also infuse astrology and fashion together in astro style, but, and I've styled people for a very long time just in my career. And one of the things I always remind people about style is it's so personal and innate and nobody else can influence your style other than you, right? And I would like to say that style can be eclectic. So even the style of your home can be eclectic. If you like multiple different things, you don't have to stick with like boho or you know, modern or whatever. What makes a home feel comfortable, what makes you uniquely you in your fashion is the way that you mix and match different things, the highs and lows, the contrast, right? That goes into like texture and color and form and does other design principles overall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're so right. Um, uh, there's a stylist that I uh, follow online, uh, Peyton Dale, Her her name is, I can't remember, I can't remember if she's got a different handle, but anyway, um, one of the things she always recommends, and I don't know if this is a, a fundamental thing for stylists or or whatever, if it's her own thing, I don't know. Um, where, if we, like, you know, going through that journey of like listening to all your favorite records, watching all your favorite movies, making all these lists of all these things that you like, and then working out this kind of spectrum. So there might be. So this is how I kind of found that uh, the way I would describe my fashion sense is if Wes Anderson uh, directed an Adams Family movie. <laughs> Because I like the Wes Anderson silhouettes, but then the color, I always wear black. I mean, I'm wearing black and white stripes at the moment, but uh, but because I always wear black. So it's like finding the, the opposite ends of the spectrum. And then what is that intersection that, that is you in the middle of it?
1: I love that. And actually I can totally see that for you.
0: I love the 60s, 70s style, yeah. but I always wear black.
1: <laughs> See, it's funny because like when I think about my personal style, it's really just whatever I'm in the mood for that day. Sometimes I'm like all black, right? Like leather moto jacket in like stomping boots. And then oh, sometimes yeah. I'm like today in a chartreuse, bright, fluffy sweater. Yeah. Right? And like I love, and a, and I'm wearing like gold shoes with like fur on the inside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love that, it's it's so luxe.
1: <laughs> right, but it's like whatever I just feel like. Um, But it's interesting because style in astrology has multiple different things. And even just going back to like home style, you can look at Venus as a really good indicator of what your possible aesthetic may be, or like that expression of your aesthetic. There are multiple different ways that you can look at that. But like, what sign is your Venus? in? I am keep asking you because I can't remember.
0: Um, Do you remember? Oh, no, I actually can't remember.
1: For people who are curious, Venus can only be 46, I think, degrees away from the Sun. So like it can, it's called bound by the Sun, similar to Mercury. So overall like your Venus sign can't be a few signs, can only be a few signs ahead or behind the Sun.
0: Oh okay, I've got it. It's uh, yeah. Venus and Aries as well.
1: Oh you have Venus and Aries. Oh so do yeah. I.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: And so, you know, I like that because so Venus and Aries is considered, um, quote, a detriment Venus. So like a a Venus that people that traditionally may not be whatever, it's Mars ruled. So it makes it kind of difficult as an expression, quote, unquote. Right. But I disagree. I think Venus and Aries people are always early adopters they go their own way. They're, they're attractive, but not in a societal sense. Right. So like whatever they're attracted to is very unique and very, again, Aries is very bold and courageous. Take your red hair. Right. For example,
0: <laughs> yeah. and, as well. <laughs>
1: well, and then even like the, the strong contrast of black and white, right. That's oh. very bold in color. So even like in a space, if your Venus is in an Aries and probably close to your moon, then there's a sense of safety and that boldness for you. My Venus is also an Aries. And so like my aesthetic tends to be very bold in color, obviously, or like really crazy patterns or really blurring the edge of like androgyny, right? So I shop all sections. It doesn't really make a difference to me. I wear whatever I feel like feels right to me, right? And like I have long hair, I tried to buck the traditional sense of like what makes a quote man attractive quote, because Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's anything, there's no such thing, right? Mm -hmm. So my Venus and Aries is trying to buck tradition. And that's the way that I kind of present myself. And even in my home, right? Like I like to mix those different styles together. I like to have high and low and strong contrast. Like the color that we're going to be painting our living room is this really deep kind of evergreen sort of color, but we- but we want to contrast that with like something soft and textural. So maybe there'll be like something Sherpa or something in that sort of like vein that kind of balances off of that. So there's like this quote, very strong, bold color. And then there's this really soft texture that comes in.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There. That sounds that sounds really good. I think it's quite similar in our front room. We've just been renovating our front room, our lounge, um, Over the summer, and we've got it's quite similar to the one that I can see behind you, that dark blue. Um, Yeah, that on the walls, and we we rebuilt the fireplace, so it's all exposed brick on the fireplace, dark walls. Um, but then all of the other textures, and we've got a wicker chair in there as well to kind of like it's got that openness to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then with a not real sheepskin, uh, fake sheepskin, (laughs) sheepskin. Um and those. I should
1: clarify, but when I say sherpa, I don't mean like real sherpa. I was going to say no animals were harmed in the making of this design (laughs) podcast
0: apart from uh beans behind me now i'm
1: joking oh no oh Oh,
0: no he's just asleep he's just asleep (laughs)
1: um so yeah like when you think about kind of embracing your personal style i think you're right kind of bringing it back to the self-awareness piece like you have to be honest with yourself about what you truly like and maybe that's actually tuning out a little bit of like what other people tell you you should like yeah yeah like think about in this day and age in social media and email marketing and digital design, like it is just information overload. And so we're constantly trying to separate and digest like what's for me and what isn't for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't try out different styles and figure it out. And, you know, like when things are being presented to you, but ultimately you do have a core understanding of what you desire, right. As people, we know what we like and what we don't like. So instead of trying to fit something that doesn't actually work with you or match you, right? Do something that feels right to you. This goes back to what I was saying before that like style is so personal. And so a good place to start even with Astro House is identifying what you believe your style or styles are.
0: Definitely. That's so, so interesting.
1: Another area of your chart that you could look at, right? There's multiple different layers, like I said, is um, your fourth house in your chart is actually your home and family and emotional foundations, your IC as well. They tend to be the same. If you do Placidus, if you do whole sign, your IC and your fourth house cusp are different generally, but mostly the same sign I would say, Um, not all the time. Anyway, I digress. The point being is with your fourth house, that can also be a lens into like what makes you feel safe at home too. So like my fourth house, my IC is in Virgo and mm-hmm. so I do love things to be organized and I can be a little retentive about like how everything has its place mm-hmm. in my home. Right. And so, but that there's also this strong expression of like earthiness that comes through because Virgo is an earth sign and mutability. So I need a lot of flexibility in my space as well. So when I look at my IC, I need things to have a place but I also need to feel comfortable enough with changing that place, right? Whenever I get annoyed or kind of realize it's not working, right? Because Virgo is always processing. And then from an earthy perspective, think about the colors I've told you I'm choosing for my living room, right? that bold green. That's very Virgo see, because it's earthy. And then we have plants everywhere in this house, like everywhere in this house.
0: Everywhere. <laughs> right. It and
1: it's, well, I mean, I have a um, I have a pothos that I mean I'm not gonna be able to convert. Well, actually I probably could. It's about 52 feet long, which is about 12 meters. Wow. Yeah. So it's like super long. I was trying to think. I was like, I may not be able to convert that in my head quickly, but I think I did it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it did it. I mean, I I can't verify, but yeah. <laughs> someone's gonna come back
1: and be like and be like, he was wrong. <laughs>
0: They'll be like, absolutely not. He's a liar.
1: <laughs> I know. They're like, oh, trash. Um <laughs> But the point being like with all these plants, Virgo is very much so about caretaking, right? So there is a caretaking edge that kind of comes along with owning plants and like the ability to put them in places and feel comfortable and whatever. So like your, mm. I don't know. Do you know what your IC is? I know I, I'm asking you all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know.
1: LOL. Okay. Well, let's, let's say that like your IC is in Capricorn. That's what my husband's is in. Okay. Okay. And so one of the things I would say for that is like in order to feel safe at home or whatever kind of home environment, we have um, a lot of reciprocity because they're both earth. So it works for both of us that our home has a lot of earthiness or groundedness. Mm. But for him, because it's Capricorn, there's, there needs to be more streamlining. So maybe more like structure or modern style for him. Whereas like I could be a bit more organic in what I find attractive, right? And I can be a bit more eclectic for him. He, and he very is very much so is this way he loves very like sleek modern look to things Mm -hmm. um because they tend to be built more solid and so Capricorn IC will want some sort of solid foundation in their home.
0: Right okay oh that's really interesting so so far we I mean that's the whole chart really but we've drawn on uh specifically on the can I remember fourth house which is this one the IC thing Mm -hmm. uh but also yeah the right moon sign as well finding that safety
1: Venus as well. Right. Yeah. Cause the aesthetic. Yeah. And then mapping it on your chart. You could also take a look at your second house in mm-hmm. astrology. Cause that's like ownership, value, self-worth taste is part of that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if your, your home is an expression of how you, how worthy you feel you are. Right. At least I think so. Mm-hmm. And so your second house can sort of pull in maybe like your taste or whatever it is, your morals, your values into that. And the second house also rules real estate. So it's always a good place to look in Mm. general.
0: So would that mean if my rising sign is Leo, that means it's my first house, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So my second house is Virgo.
1: Yeah, most likely it's Virgo. Mm -hmm. So long as like in Placidus there might be an interception, which is like very complicated. So for lack of a better (laughs) understanding, let's say it's Virgo, right? So (laughs) yeah, so like a second house So then you might want to look to your second house and say like okay And second house also rules, like, ownership and resources and, like, material gain. So, like, things that you own. Mm. So, like, think about, like, do you buy from a very Virgo-like perspective? Like, are you just trying to find the best deal? Right? (laughs) And, like, Virgo is very much so about making sure that everything has a purpose or, like, a utilization. That, yeah, we like pretty things, but they have to be useful in some way. We're like, my second house is in Leo. That's not the case. (laughs) I'm (laughs) like...
0: What must mean that, because my husband is a Scorpio rising. So that must mean his Sag. Sagittarius because he oh. do not know much about it, but he is very much a, this is really pretty. This is really expensive. Let's buy it. Kind of.
1: But also the non-commitment is very yeah. big with Sagittarius second house. Right. You were oh, saying to really? me earlier, oh. you, were saying, you were like, oh, we don't need this. Let's give it away. Right. And you're like, but we need to store things, which is very like Virgo second house versus Sagittarius second house.
0: Yeah. That makes so much sense. <laughs> and where I'm like oh we're, we're this is getting a bit unwieldy now we need to buy something to put all this stuff away and then yeah my husband's response is let's just throw it away
1: right well it's funny because <laughs> like so a good example is like my second house is leo so obviously like everything needs to be pretty and whatever and it has to be aesthetic and bold and fun and you know playful my husband has scorpio second house and he definitely is he's so interesting he inherits a lot of things from people not like money but like objects pictures, mementos. So we have the a little bit of like this vintage kind of vibe going in with some of the stuff that we own. Like we've inherited inherited, quote unquote. We've received furniture mm. from people. Mm-hmm. Right. So like his aunt's mother-in-law passed away and she had all this mid-century modern furniture. And we went in and she was and his aunt was like, Do you want it? And we were like, yes, of course yes. we do. <laughs> right. So like with our second houses together, he definitely does gain a lot of things like even our christmas decorations like there's a lot of things that are um classically in his family or like even trees or certain decor pieces so i always find that very interesting too that's how like the second house can kind of come into play like what you own
0: Mm, yeah that's so fascinating i think we could go on um about this forever and ever and ever i think we're gonna have to do at least one more (laughs) episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) well I think it's important to kind of give people a lens into a way of using their chart as like an extension right out into the external world and like how to personify your chart in some way.
0: Definitely. And using it as a tool to kind of understand ourselves a bit more to kind of, because that's always, that's a human thing, isn't it? To kind of seek definition and identity. And that's, you know, a really good tool. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: And we as people like to have definitions and names and labels for things because it's just how we function. Um so to say like my space has a very Aries-like quality to it, right? And it maybe it matches this archetype or this design style can becomes almost more makes the chart feel more tangible to somebody, right? Like you can better understand the Aries archetype when you see it visually through a design principle.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, fascinating, absolutely. Oh, that's very exciting. I'm going to keep thinking <laughs> about, okay, well, how do I do I'm going to be looking at everything in my house very differently now, like just scowling it and being like, hmm, <laughs> what, do you, what do you tell me? <laughs> oh, amazing. So I have one last uh, question for you. It's completely unrelated to anything. Okay. And that is, if there was going to be an Anthony Perotta movie uh, about all of your Uh, I don't know, or I'm just trying to think of something. I I imagine it being very much like The Devil Wears Prada, (laughs) (laughs) where you're coming in and you're kind of saying, you know, we're getting these charts, we're getting these designs in, and we're doing this and whatever. Uh, Very, but a very kind. Uh, What's her name? In it, Amanda Priestley. Yeah. Yeah. Very much nicer. Much nicer. Much 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 nicer. Much more nurturing, um, and not you know cold. (laughs) Um, But let's say I digress. Uh, Let's say that. Uh, sorry, I got really distracted because I can see the full moon coming out. Here she is. And she's looking ah. Um, she, she caught my eye and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. there she is, <laughs> distracting me. Um, so who would play you in that movie if they were going to make that? Uh,
1: this is so hard. It
0: like, is hard. You
1: have, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> so I always used to joke that I would like, I can view myself sometimes as like this mix of Stanley Tucci. Ooh. of um Andy Warhol and Tim Gunn all together
0: <laughs> I like it
1: <laughs> but also all of them are bald and I have really long hair so I don't think any of them could actually play me
0: uh I think well uh, wigs exist do they <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's think, true and I, was... I think I think I visually well I think so too and I said and visually speaking maybe Jared Leto but without all like the weird sexual harassment allegations that are like you know what I mean
0: yeah, yeah, I can see that, like, in, yeah, in, in aesthetics, um, not, not in problematic. <laughs> no,
1: but, I mean, this is going to sound really vain, but I think I'd want to play myself.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's vain. I think, you know, if you're gonna, you know, Who can do me out. better than me?
1: Who exactly. can do you better than you?
0: Exactly, exactly that. I don't think that sounds vain at all. <laughs> Who would play you? Oh, God. Do you know what? I ask everyone this all the time, and I never know. I think it would either be, um, I used to be a school teacher right Mm -hmm. And uh, at secondary school and kids are brutal always Uh, but they used to call me Miss Bandcamp because they used to say I look like Alison (laughs) Hannigan.
1: you know what though I would actually say Emily Blunt for you
0: oh really okay Uh yeah I think she might I think she has the same flappy energy
1: (laughs) she's fun she's vivacious and then when she had the red hair and devil wears product actually right (laughs) like I'm like I don't know I could see you being I could see Emily Blunt being you
0: Oh, I think I'll take that, thank you, my well, other alternative would be, because my great-grand, I spent a lot of time with my great-grand when uh, I was growing up, and uh, all of her friends used to tell me that I look like Natalie Woods, you know, that old, that, oh, yeah, I could see this, No, so it could be her, I mean, r- risen from the dead, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but yeah, so maybe her, so, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much uh, for being here with us and talking about this um, today, Anthony. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, uh, yeah, learned so much already. I could talk about it all day.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I thought this was so exciting. and I'm so happy to be a part of this and obviously continue the relationship that we have together with Metrology, one of my favourite organisations, one of my favourite groups. So I adore all of you so much and I adore you specifically.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I adore you. And it's been so an abs- absolute pleasure. I will definitely be... Um, picking your brains again on many more episodes <laughs> so
1: anytime you a style,
0: want a style one personal style one for sure at least mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay, wonderful thank you so much you're welcome so thank you very much for tuning in again today it has been an absolute pleasure if you like this episode you can enjoy it ad free by becoming a witchology subscriber not only do you get access to this podcast and lots of bonus episodes You will also get a print subscription to our magazine, as well as cauldrons full of additional content on our exclusive members area on the website. Head to www.witchologymagazine.com forward slash subscriptions to find out more. Until next time, goodbye.